Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello, this is Jason Zook. Welcome to the initial episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. I am pleased with me to have a very special guest and personal friend of mine, Lindsay Marino, who is an internationally renowned intuitive psychic medium. And I'm very excited to be able to discuss Lindsay's personal journey from third grade teacher to psychic medium. Lindsay, welcome to our show today. Hi, Jason. I'm so happy. I'm so excited to be on your show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. I know uh, for me, it's a personal, uh, I could say uh, it's a milestone for me because I know um, I had the pleasure several years ago of being on your inaugural episode of your radio show. So this is great to be able to do this with you. Funny how it happens. Everything always happens for a reason. Uh, What I wanted to do, this is going to be a short episode at first, and then we'll do another one in the future. Mm-hmm. My, my one goal for today is to be able to introduce you to our listeners and share part of your story with me so that we have the opportunity of setting the foundation of, of your contributions to the mediumship world and what you've mm-hmm. done so far in your career. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you probably, you're a big part of my story too, about how all of this kind of came about. Absolutely. I feel that everything happens for a reason. I believe in synchronicity. And I feel like Mm -hmm. we were introduced to each other by larger forces at work than what you and I could even describe ourselves. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm very excited to to be able to share our story together with others. Yes. I know. I feel like it's so important to share so people know that there's actual proof that death doesn't truly exist, that our loved ones are still continuing to be around us. Oh, and, and, and getting into your personal story, Lindsay, I know uh, you went to the University of Tampa like I did. And mm-hmm. uh, what year did you graduate from the university? 2006 in my undergrad degree was 2006. And then you went from that and then you got your master's degree in teaching. Is that correct? Yes, I did that a couple of years after that. When I was teach, I was teaching third grade. And then a couple of years into teaching third grade, I ended up getting my master's at UT too. And can you tell me regarding uh, your experience at UT, what exactly happened just for our listeners' benefit that put you on the journey that you currently are on today? So I went to University of Tampa, which I love UT. Um, I know you do too, Jason. Um, And I went to school specifically for elementary education. I was so excited to be an elementary school teacher. And I, like I said, I graduated in 2006, but 
before I graduated or in the process of graduating, I met someone very special. His name is Nick. And we worked together and we had all these plans for the future. And it was interesting, the way that we met, it was almost like the moment that I met him, we kept feeling like we had known each other forever. And, you know, when you have those relationships, it's something that really sticks out in your mind. And and he was one of those in my life. He still is. And we had plans of the future of getting married and and settling down. And in August 2007, after I had started teaching, it was actually my second day of teaching, we were supposed to meet to babysit for a family friend. And I was going to drive my car there, and he was going to ride his motorcycle. And it was weird because that day he wasn't on time, and normally he was. And I thought that was really odd, but I didn't want to call his phone and interrupt him when he was on his motorcycle. So I waited a little bit, and I called, and he didn't pick up. And then I kept on calling again and again, and and finally a state trooper picked up. And it took me a while to get the information out of him, but... He told me that Nick had passed in a motorcycle accident. And I remember, you know, when they say that when you pass, um, you have like a flash of your life before your eyes. All of a sudden, there's like a life review. I felt like that happened. I just kept on thinking about all the things that we were supposed to do and the things that we didn't get a chance to do. And I, I didn't believe it. And after that, I saw him at the foot of my bed Um it was that week, and everything kind of blends together for me after that because it was really – it's hard to put into words what happened. If, if people are listening and they've lost a loved one, they might understand this. Um, but it was just a complete shock to my system, so everything sort of blended in together. But I saw him at the foot of my bed, and I started to get messages from him. I had other visitations, and one of them, he said, you're not going to see me for a while, but I'm still going to be around you. And I remember – and that was a telepathic communication. I remember hearing that or, or being aware of that in my visitation with him. And I wanted to beg him to, to answer more questions. And that's all that he said. Um, and I kept praying for a psychic medium to confirm what I was feeling and all these signs that I was getting from him. I knew in my heart it was real, but I just kept saying, okay, if this is really real, send me three more yellow butterflies. If it's really real, send me a psychic medium. And that's actually how you and I met. Wow. From that moment. <laughs> I know uh, yes. from, my, from my recollection of it, I remember I was working up in Mississippi at the time. And the only thing that I heard about with Nick's passing was, I believe we got an email as UT alumni that mm-hmm. informed us the tragedy of Nick's passing. And that's all I knew about it until I actually yeah. came down um, one or two weekends later and came to Tampa because I was working on Hurricane Katrina work up there, as you know, for damage stuff in my, my regular job. And then when I came down here, I uh, was able to connect to you through a mutual friend of ours. And um, that's how we got connected to one another. From my vantage point, my recollection is that I was on my own little journey at the time. I think both of us are on our own private journeys when you, and I'm sure you can get into this for a second or two, is just when, you're, when, you're, mm-hmm. when you realize you're intuitive, and you realize that yeah. you have some type of uh, connection that words can't describe through the physical five senses, it makes you mm-hmm. kind of want to keep it to yourself because you don't want people to th- think that you're, you're crazy or you're out there. That just it's, Regular people can't connect to it until they understand it oh. better. And I feel right. like there's a process that we go through ourselves. 
And at that point back then, I was still going through that process of understanding that I had, you know, uh, a connection uh, to the other side as well. So it was interesting that we both wound up having our, our journeys converge um, in the way that they did through our mutual friends. Yes. I was actually going to say it's funny because our mutual friend, it, the interesting part is how we connected because you and I didn't even know each other and our mutual friend Devin was out to eat with you and it was more for lawyer type things. You were having him do your website, right, at the time? Correct. That's correct. I had and just gone out on my own as an attorney and I was meeting with him to design my law firm website at the time and he had a notepad and a pen with him and we met in a restaurant. Yes. And then you started picking up on Nick and you didn't know any information about him. And the funny thing is that was the day that I said to him, okay, send me a psychic medium to confirm everything. And then um, you started giving information to Devin that nobody else would know. And that's when I got a phone call that day from Devin. He said, I need to come and speak to you. I'm like, I know it's about Nick. He said, how do you know? And I said, because I just said a prayer to him, tell me over the phone. He's like, I can't tell you over the phone. I have to come in person. And that's when he brought the piece of paper from him talking with you about the information that came forward from Nick and things that came up. Um, you know, one of the things was I kept saying, well, if you're around me, then let me smell your cologne. You know, if you're around me, do this. And one of the things that you mentioned that he wrote down was something about the cologne he kept making you smell the cologne or there was something about the scent of him. And I thought that was interesting. And the love letters in a, in a, in a box in the closet um, that came up too. And it just confirmed, you know, things that I, I knew in my heart that just to get that confirmation from a medium was something that was huge. And then that's when we, I'm like, I need to meet this guy. So um, Devin gave me your information and we've been friends ever since, which is, Amazing how he brought us together. I feel like he's been putting people in my path, (laughs) including, you know, my now husband, who you're friends with, Tony. He brought me Tony, too. Nick definitely guided me, guided us together. You're right. It's amazing. And and I think for both of us, the the whole aspect of how we were introduced to each other, that by itself Mm -hmm. tells a story. But then that's not the only part of the story, which I think they're very interesting as well, because from that experience, as you said, we got very close because Nick came through numerous times over the span of mm-hmm. several years. And at the yeah. time it was happening, we kind of made jokes about it because it was between us. And mm-hmm. uh, what I think is very remarkable about it is not only did Nick come through, but Nick helped me learn more about my intuitive ability or my mediumship ability, I should say. And also mm-hmm. I feel like Nick puts you on the path that you're on right now where you're working with all the people that you're doing your special work with. It's, it's amazing how from one tragedy can come out some very positive things. I know. And at the time, I definitely didn't even imagine not retiring as a teacher. I thought that I was going to retire as a teacher. And, and it is, I know we're making it seem so, like, easy. Like, it's, it's so beautiful that it happens. It is. But re- I don't know if you remember. You might not remember exactly because when I was around you, I was, I was happier than I would be when I was with someone else because – we were talking about the spirituality and um, the signs and Nick would come through. So I loved going out to eat with you and just meeting up with you and and getting together, but I wasn't seeing anyone else. I mean, I would not go come home from teaching, get back in his clothes, like a sweatshirt in 90 degree weather, because I felt like I 
didn't want to do anything. I wasn't in the mood to do anything. And the things that excited me and got me through the day were the moments that I would receive my signs and messages and songs from him. And there is some interesting things that kind of happened because I remember there was one situation where I thought, oh, my gosh, my birthday's coming up. This is going to be so depressing, thinking about my birthday coming up. And that was in November. And I thought, I just wish that he was here. And all of a sudden, I got a package at my door. And it wasn't that same day that I was thinking that. It was, it was in that month in November. And my birthday is December 8th. And I got the package. I opened it up. And I thought, this is weird. It's a Godiva box of chocolates. And it said, happy birthday from Swatch, which is a watch company. And I thought, I have never even gotten a, this is really odd. And I called up um, Godiva and I said, you know, I got this package and it didn't have anyone's name on it. It just said, happy birthday from Swatch. And, And I said, I got this package, but I've never gotten, you know, a package. I've never even bought a watch from, from them at all. And it was a mistake. It was some sort of error. They didn't know how it would happen, but they said, just keep the chocolate on us. And I knew that Nick intervened and made sure I had chocolate for my birthday, even though it was a month early, but I was concerned about it. And that's what happened. And that's just one of the many things that has happened over the years. But I thought that was interesting. That's amazing you share that because I believe very strongly in signs and messages from beyond. We both do. I know that. Yeah. And uh, anyone who follows you knows about the significance of uh, pennies from heaven or hearts mm-hmm. in various yeah. forms and shapes. I have my own pennies from heaven with my grandfather because he's who led me on my journey. But tying in mm. the fact that you got the, the chocolates from Godiva from Swatch, I feel that's, yeah. I mean, you and I will obviously have our own belief about that, that you likely got that from Nick as mm-hmm. a, a way of reassuring you. And yeah. letting you know that your birthday's coming up and he'll never forget your birthday. And here's a direct representation of that. While a skeptic, of course, would say, well, that was just mm-hmm. a mishap from Swatch. And you can believe what you want, but I'm a skeptic. I'm not going to believe that. And that's fine. Yeah. They have their opinions, but I know we have ours. And I feel like right. I like our opinions better because it gives us the ability mm-hmm. to offer some comfort to one another and others out there who are listening to our episode to think that when their loved one passes, there's likely a, a message that comes through some indirect means and it hopefully will give them that reassurance they need because yeah. when you went through the tragedy that you went through, it transformed you. But like you said, you had a lot to go through in terms of that journey to get to where you are today, including meeting yeah. Tony, who's one of Nick's yeah. uh, elementary school friends, if I'm correct with that. And, yeah. When um, they were about three years old, they've been friends since they were three from Missouri. And I had never even exactly. met Tony. How did you become acquainted with Tony, by the way? Well, we actually, after Nick passed, there were some friends that I hadn't met because I, I went to Missouri once with Nick, um, actually a month before he passed, and met some of his family and friends. But Tony, I hadn't met because they had been friends since they were really little and they were like brothers. But you know, when there's certain things that happen in life and you switch schools and you don't see people for a while, it's almost like you lose touch. But when you get back in touch, you pick up where you left off. That was sort of how their relationship was. And Tony would still randomly hang out and their brothers would hang out too. And they, I, but it wasn't a thing that I, I had never met him, but 
Tony added me as a friend on Facebook after Nick passed. There were a bunch of them that added me just to kind of see pictures, and they knew that we were together. And it was one night he messaged me, and I was really having one of those rough nights. And Tony messaged me and said, I just want to let you know I'm one of Nick's friends, and I just want you to know that we're always here if you need anything. And we, I don't know how he worded it, we value what you're doing for him because I was doing this motorcycle foundation um, previously for Nick. And he was just recognizing that. And I was, I was having one of those moments that was like heaven sent. Nick came through him, told him to check up on me. And he said when he saw my picture on Facebook, there was this overwhelming sense of emotion when he saw my photo. And he felt like it wasn't coming from him. It felt very guided. And I knew that it was just another example of how Nick is still connected. And when he messaged me, it was like it made me feel at ease knowing that I got a message from Nick, even though he messaged me. And I didn't, we both didn't think anything of it. You know, it was just him reaching out. But later, um, he had planned on coming to Florida. And I thought, you know what, he might be the friend I could talk to about a question I had when I was writing a book about the story. And I said, are you going to be available to, to speak? Can you talk on the phone? I have a question for you. And he said, sure. And the moment that I got on the phone with him, right away we knew we were going to be connected forever. Like we knew without a doubt. And we talked for six hours that first night. And then the second night we talked again. And then he came to Florida to visit. And it was just, this was four years after Nick passed. So I hadn't dated anyone. It was almost like we were both working on ourselves for those, that chunk of time. And then we met at the perfect time. It wasn't something that I expected. I actually used to get, you remember, I used to get really upset when you say, Lindsay, you're going to end up getting married and you're going to have children. I'm like, don't tell me that. I don't want to know. <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So instead, so, of, instead of it being love at first sight, it was love at first call. <laughs> yes, exactly. Between you and Tony. Yes, it was. And it was that same feeling that I got when I met Nick. Of course, it's two different people, but it was that instant, you know, without a doubt kind of feeling that your heart just guides you. And I'm not someone to have have a random person come and visit me, you know, that I've never met before. And my family knew that too, but everyone that heard the story knew in their heart that this was something special. It wasn't just any old thing. So it's I rem- been I remember that myself. Instant. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Texas at the time for Hurricane Ike, and I remember you calling me, and I went out in the parking lot to talk to you about I was like, you're having who, what, go where? Uh, who's coming to visit you I was like acting like big brother towards you but uh, uh, yes, we you met are. Tony actually when he when he came down I met with him that day he got here and I remember we all went to IHOP by the airport and uh, yes. it was, it's amazing that you guys were able to find each other through such a connection with Nick and a shared memory with him and uh, I think in terms of sharing that with the listeners I think that personal story is important because mm-hmm. a lot of the listeners are probably grieving somebody important to them even years later. And I think any type of reassurance that they can receive through the story that we're sharing here is pivotal for Mm -hmm. them in terms of where you are now. I know there's a, a, I mean, there's a big journey you went through from there to here. Uh, Can you share with me a little about how you transitioned from being an elementary school teacher to being where Mm -hmm. you are today? Yes. So, Luckily, I, I do have Tony, and Tony's very understanding about this, and he 
still communicates with Nick. Nick gives messages to both of us, which is amazing. So having that support is really good. When I was teaching the third grade, I was just doing readings for people. Just I felt almost like it just kind of came up naturally. I remember actually being at a local bar in Tampa, and I talked to some person that was a friend of a friend, and we started talking about spirituality, and all of a sudden his mother came through that had passed. And I said, are you open to getting a message if it comes up? And he said, yes. And I said, I get messages from Nick, but other than that, I haven't given a reading to someone that's, you know, just a a person that I don't know. And he said, I'm open. And I gave him the messages that came forward about, you know, his mom, and I saw how tall she was, and his life and her life and the memories that they had. And he said, whatever you're doing when you're connecting with Nick, believe it because this is right on point. And after that, and I had said a prayer. I said, I'm getting so much healing knowing that there's messages from the other side and there's life beyond what I could see. Send me peace. Allow me to, to pretty much be a messenger to give people messages. So it's almost like I said, like, bring me these situations where I can give messages and healing because it's helping me. And that's what happened. So I started getting booked for readings. And then I started to feel like, okay, if I'm doing teaching at the same time and doing readings after school on the weekends, like I need to be compensated. But at first I felt uneasy because I thought, you know, maybe I shouldn't accept, maybe I should just accept a donation. And then I started to realize I can't do that. I need to actually accept payment. Um, So I started to get busy with that, and I knew that I had to choose. It was almost like a feeling in my heart that the teaching, the eight hours a day with the readings just wasn't working. And I I love teaching to leave the system and do the readings and teaching full-time with mediumship and intuition. Do you recall when that was approximately? Was that like five years ago? I know, I was trying to think that because a lot of people ask me that, but I feel like it was around 2013. Yeah, so it would have been five years ago. Around 2013 was when I actually decided, okay, I'm going to give myself a year or two after this to leave full time. So I should have that written down because so many people ask me. I think Tony knows the better dates than me when it came to when I left the elementary school full time. Absolutely. Have you uh, run into any of your former students? I know they were in third grade at the time, but have you actually seen any of them since you left teaching? It's kind of interesting because um, one of them just had her father pass away. And I thought that was interesting that that came up. He just passed away, like, this week. And she recognized what I did after I left teaching. So she said, I think it's really cool in healing on what you're doing. And I was thinking, this is so interesting that her dad passed away. I used to teach her and she's, she now knows what I do. Um, so that was interesting. I definitely, I've been to the elementary school, one of the elementary schools that I was at and I volunteered, which I love doing. And I know sure. that I will be working with children again related to their spiritual gifts. But I feel like right now, I'm working with adults. That's what's happening right now. How has it been for you <laughs> since you've launched yourself in this capacity uh, as a intuitive psychic medium in terms of people you knew from the past? How have you been received yeah. by, say, high school friends, college friends, or prior coworkers? Okay. So this has been interesting. And I know that you know 
you know, this side of things for me, but for the listeners, I feel like at first, when I first put myself out there, I was really scared. I actually had another Facebook page, and it was called Love Energy, and it had a flower on the profile picture. And all my friends knew that it was me, but I felt more comfortable posting from that page instead of using my name that I was so used to. And I wouldn't do that now going back, but it was nice for me at the time because I was so scared to put myself out there. And in the end, I had a lot of high school friends actually reach out to me saying that they wanted readings or, you know, they wanted to book readings. And then also I had people say, thank you so much for sharing this because it's making me feel less crazy. I've had my own experiences. And then there's a flip side to it too where people might think, well, who do you think you are putting yourself out there and now all of a sudden saying you're a psychic medium, where did this come from? And it hurt my feelings, you know, when that kind of stuff happened because I felt like it was, it took a lot of courage to put myself out there and then I could feel the resistance, which is a natural part of expansion, especially if you're a medium putting yourself out there, but I kind of had to keep on moving. I couldn't get stuck on that because I would help less people if I stopped to think about what everyone else is thinking. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And so you're saying you focus more on the positive energy of things and stayed away from any of the negativity and then get wrapped up in it. Is that correct? I tried, but there were certain points that I did get sucked into it where, and luckily I had Tony to kind of say, Lindsay, everyone, you know, they love you, but it's also a, a new change for them. You can't, you know, push against it. You have to just kind of go with the flow of it and know that, okay, you know, something's changing. I'm rising up in a different way and this is going to happen, which it is called the law of non-resistance. And that's exactly what's supposed to happen when you're growing. Then that happens. I believe it's a process of spiritual evolution. And I think it's, I think it's great that you've gotten to where you are. And I know you motivated me because at first, full disclosure here, I had to grow and adjust to the idea of acknowledging my own ability and being able to be more open about it and, and bring it into right. you know, congruity with the rest of my life. You know, it, it all happens for a reason. And I'm very excited yes. that you've been a trailblazer in that respect. How, how did you wind up working with Lisa Williams? Okay. So Lisa, actually, when I first was going through everything with Nick, the, the one show that I would watch on, you know, repeat all of the time, was Lisa Williams' Life Among the Dead. She was on, I think it was, it was Lifetime for Women, and I would watch it every single week that it was on. And even if I watched a 1,000 episodes, you know, I'd watch it over and over again because it brought me so, he- so much healing to know that our loved ones are still with us. And after that, I actually met her in person. I went to the I Can Do It tour, which is connected to Hay House, and it was in Tampa where there would be different authors that spoke and I went to her workshop and then I found out that she was doing mentor, like a class on mediumship. And I thought, I trust her. I feel like I know her already because of the show and I met her and I felt guided to do her course. And from there, it was almost like everything was lined up for me. So I'm taking a bunch of courses with her and she's funny, but she's very knowledgeable and she knows the story with Nick, and it's almost like she's a part of my spiritual journey, too. Excellent. What's the most recent course you've done with Lisa Williams? The most recent course actually was a mentorship with her. So I did a mentorship, 
it was, I want to say it was a year long. It was a couple years ago I did a mentorship with her, and we would go to Lilydale. So Lilydale is a small little town in New York, and it's considered a mediumship. It's like a little mediumship village, it looks like, because there's little cottages, and there's a tree stump can actually deliver messages in this little wooded area. You walk down, there's all benches under the trees, and it's just beautiful. It has a different energy about it. I actually taught a course there last summer on connecting with past loved ones. And a lot of mediums know where it is because it's, it's, it's very known in the mediumship world. So there's a lot of history there. And it's sort of like the mother of Casadega. So the people that are listening from Florida, you probably have heard of Casadega. And Casadega is in the Orlando area in that region. So a lot of the mediums that work in Lilydale, some of them actually come down to Casadega in, during the time of winter in Lilydale. They'll come back down to Florida. So it's, it's very similar to that, but it's the bigger version of Casadega, I would say. So it's different. It's a different energy. Excellent. I've been there actually twice that I'm aware of that I can recall. Casadega. It's, it's over towards Deltona and Orlando area, right past off of yes. I-4. How does that differ from yes. Lilydale? Because I know you've been there as well. Right. I feel like Lilydale is more active, I guess. I really only went to Casadega for a short amount of time. But I would say that Lilydale is more active. There's a lot more people, more events and workshops there. I feel like it's growing. Like they're trying to, I know Lisa's in there and she's trying to really modernize Lilydale more to make it, how do I describe it? Because it's very old. Like if you go and stay in Lilydale, you can stay at like a little bed and breakfast there. It sort of looks like a bed and breakfast. And you stay at someone's old house. It looks very Victorian. And it just, you could tell that there's some age to it, you know. Now, I don't know if Casadega, if, you, if there's houses you can stay at on the property. I'm not sure. But in order to live in Lilydale, it's different, actually. There's rules for you to buy a house there. Of an actual, mm-hmm. be like a, a renowned psychic or have some way of verifying it from prior people. Is that correct? Well, it's, it's sort of like that. You don't have to be a psychic or a medium, but you have to be a member of a spiritualist church someplace, I think, in okay. the U.S. It could be outside of the U.S. too, but you have to be a member. And I don't know if it's for a year or two. So you have to have proof that you're actually a member of a spiritualist church. And I don't know what else there is. But if you want to work as a psychic medium there, there you have to pass tests. And there's all different things that you, that you need to do in order to, to be a psychic medium there. And you can't work out of your house if there's certain rules for that. But each house has a name to it. Like sometimes there's, there's either a name if there are psychic mediums living at that house or the house may be named. So it's kind of interesting. It's an experience in itself just to see what it's like, you know. I would suggest to go during the summertime because that's when it's busy. And I loved teaching there last summer because it was just, it's just really cool. I was, uh, I wanted to touch on the stuff that you're working on right now. I know you've done online courses and I know your prior history as a teacher, able to take your teaching skills and apply them to helping inspire others who are interested in becoming mediums themselves. Yes. One of the things I'm looking at your site, you have the online course mm-hmm. called Unlocking Your Intuition. 
And I was going to yes. ask if you could give us a brief overview of that course. Yes, definitely. So Unlock Your Intuition is more for people that are wanting a general understanding on how to tap into their intuition for their relationships. Um, some people want to get intuitive signs for their business, any area of their life. So that's more of the general course. And I even teach you how to become aware of your own physical body and how to become aware of the things around you and set up signs. To You know how there's sometimes where you can look up a dream on a dream dictionary. You know, what does this mean? But you don't have to do that. You can actually use your own soul to tune into that. So that's more, it's a self-study course. So once you click on it, you get access to it right away. And there's different modules in it, and there's homework to get you really thinking, and you can print out the worksheets and, and write on them. And people have gotten really good results just by doing it because everyone has it within them. It's just tuning into it. And then Unlock Your Inner Medium is more of a mentorship-style program with me. I'm actually thinking of changing the Unlock Your Inner Medium because there's been great things happening with Unlock Your Inner Medium, but I also feel like there's people that have come to me and said, well, can I be a beginner and can I be an advanced member to take this course? All about tapping into the other side, so those that have passed and giving readings and messages to people that want messages from their own past loved ones. So it's actually... If someone takes that program, they could tap into not only their own past loved ones, but other people's past loved ones, too, and I teach them how to do that. Excellent. And how long do the courses usually last for? So the intuition course, you, it's a self-study course, so you could do it in two weeks or four weeks. It just depends on how long you want to take for it. My Unlock Your Inner Medium program, which is going to be coming out again in the fall 2018, that one is normally eight weeks long, and we meet for spirit circles. So we do exercises every week for eight weeks. We're on there for about an hour and 20 minutes, and we have people come on as sitters, so you can actually give readings to them, and I teach you how to do those things. So it's eight weeks of that and do the homework on your own time, but it's good to have a pace with it. So that's why it's more of an intimate group for Unlock Your Inner Medium. But if I split it up it will come out a little bit differently where you may be able to take something on your own and then when you do more of the advanced program, then you could actually take longer with me and get that support too. Lindsay, we actually have a caller. I was going to put the caller through and see what uh, their question might be. Yes. Uh, hold on one. Hold on. Let's see what okay. the caller has to Perfect. say. Hello, uh, this is Jason Zook. Welcome to our show. Hey, Jason. It's Jay and call from Canada. Hi, Jay. How are you today? Pretty good. I'm just listening to your show. It's always great to hear people's stories and how they got started and how they're continuing on with the work. So, yeah, I just chimed in onto the show. My question for Lindsay, and hello to you, is regards Hi. to... Hey there. Just wondering, in regards to your development, how has that shifted your relationships with your family and friends because you took this, this path of mediumship? I'm just curious. That's I'm a really curious good about question. Yes. Yeah. For me, at the very beginning, I felt as though, I would say my mom is the first example. She said, well, wait a second, where did this come from? And, you know, how is this all of a sudden coming about? And I had to explain it to her. It was when I went to her friend's house to do a group reading that she started to notice a shift in the room and the things that they were saying after they got the reading, where 
she started to really understand the process. And after looking back in the line of our family, I figured out that my great-grandma from Italy had this ability that she tuned into, too. So it actually runs on my mom's side. So they're very open and supportive. She actually helps at my, my events when she's in the same state as me. And I would say there's a mix because one grandma always says, Lindsay, if you pick up any vibes from me, let me know. And then I have another grandma that's very Catholic, and Mm -hmm. she does not want to have any part of it. Now they're used to it, but at the same time, I kind of know that my job isn't to convince anyone. It's more to continue on my journey, and a lot of the times that people are in fear about the journey or they're not supportive is because they might fear that as their own. They might be concerned that they don't know how to go about it from themselves. You know, and they might think, do I believe in this? Or does this go against my religious beliefs? Or it's just their own fear that can come up. I hope that answered that question, too. Um, Yes, it does, because I find that when you're on a spiritual journey like this, you have very little friends you can actually talk about things without them actually getting antsy or woo-woo about it or I don't understand Mm -hmm. that you're crazy and other stuff. And, and, And I've... You know, I've got to go out there and actually seek those friends yeah. and those groups. We can actually have um, collective yeah. and appreciative talk on subjects that won't uh, disturb us or anything like that or just question. So, yeah. No, that's a really good point. That's actually one of the reasons why I created my program, so that you had like-minded people that you felt safe with that you could talk to about this sort of thing. I, a lot of people have come to me and said, you know, I feel like I can't talk about this with my family or I can't talk about it with my friends. And I understand that side of things because I know you can feel it, us being sensitive um, and empathic. You could feel when someone's like, uh-oh, what, what is she thinking? And they think that if you're in their presence that you're going to start picking up information, which it doesn't have to be like that either. But I think the big thing is is I know the online community, whether you do a class and you have that sort of development class, that's one way you can meet people that are like-minded. Or there's different groups online where you can connect. Like there's a – I'm an administrator for um, the mediumship development group online on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's called Mediumship Development, and it's a group where people can post and that sort of thing. Um, and then if you can find out what area you're in, you'll start to realize that there's actually a lot more mediums out there or people that are open to this sort of thing. It's almost like once you put yourself out there, you start mm-hmm. to realize how many hidden people there really are. <laughs> Jay, what part so of I Canada are you calling from? I come from Western Canada. Okay, is it a, is it, okay, so it's a pretty rural area? No, we are in a population. You're a big city? Yeah, big city. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. It's an and interesting question that you called in here. about. So go ahead, Lynn. Yeah. No, ahead. it's interesting because I feel like I'm connected with a lot of people from Canada. A lot of my students are from Canada, but also in that mediumship development group, the free group, that there's people out of out of Canada too. And I don't know if it's that specific area because I know Canada is huge, but. I know it could be definitely a lonely path, and that's why I had to create these programs and this community online and on my page because I understand that side of things. And 
it, it's hard at the beginning, and then once you really just truly live in your truth, you start to attract the people that are like you. But when I was hesitant, that's when I felt lonely, when I felt like, oh, I'm afraid to put myself out there. It was when I actually stood in my power and thought, this is who I am, and, you know, whether they like it or not, that's when I started to attract friends that had like-minded personalities or, or beliefs. Jay, do you have any other questions for us? Yes, I do, to, actually. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. i got actually uh, two questions. One of them is actually uh, in relationships. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. if a relationship is actually just going normally the way it is, and then all of a sudden one person in a relationship wakes up and gets really excited mm-hmm. about their, their, their journey that they're going on, but the other person doesn't really understand what you're doing and kind of like they feel intimidated in a certain way of them, you know, going on their own path and standing in their own power. I just wondered from maybe your experience or the people that you know of how they felt in, in that kind of type of relationship. Okay, sure. This is so funny because Tony, my husband, and I just did our video podcast on something very similar to your question. It's called okay. The Power of Mastermind and this episode, and it was all about how there are going to be shifts in your life with your partner or someone you're in a relationship with, and a lot of the time when they feel uncomfortable with you changing and rising up, they are really resistant, and they might not know they're actually doing it that could be harmful to you. So it's important that you stay committed to what you're doing if it's you, you know, that you're feeling that, and continue to grow, and either they're going to grow with you, it might take a little bit, for them to kind of jump on the wagon and they might do it in a different way or you might find that, you know what, this is weighing me down. I feel like something shifted within me and it doesn't feel like it's in alignment with my soul. That's when you need to think, okay, there has to be some sort of change. I need to make a change. So that's very normal for that to happen actually because a lot of my students have said something similar. There was a student she was mentioning that she finally came up to her husband telling him, you know, I'm a medium, and she felt scared to say it. And then when she did, it felt freeing to her. And he, she says, you know, she might not agree right now, but he's slowly opening up to the fact that this is something that's within me. Mm-hmm. I, I even had a, a student with that, too, that had a, a situation with her sister. So she had a tough time with that. And then her sister came around, and her sister started to believe in what she was doing. One of the things I was going to add into what you said, Lindsay, in terms of the the people I've interacted with and the readings I've given in in the last 14 years, a lot of times when it comes to relationships, like anything, people sometimes will change and drift. And I think for me, what I find from the people I've worked with, communication is key. If you were to communicate with whoever that person that you're having your relationship with, if it's a loved one or if it's a romantic relationship or a close friend, sometimes that can bridge the gap between your expectations and theirs. Uh, but every, every relationship, no matter who it is, always requires mutual work from each other. And I think that's, you know, from my vantage point at least, what's important yeah. in addressing that. If you see some distance occurring, to communicate with each other and make efforts to uh, work with each other to bring – circle back around, circle the wagons back around to work with each other. I think that's always an important aspect of things. And I feel like we should probably talk about that, Jason. I don't know if you want to go into it, but Jason and I were really close and we talked about spirituality a lot and I was teaching and then I went out to do the mediumship thing. And at Mm -hmm. first it was 
you know, probably uncomfortable for Jason because he wasn't used to me doing this kind of work. So it was weird for him to experience it in that light. And then now, now that he's putting himself out there, he's like, okay, I understand. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah, like that's a actually cycle. a great example is our personal story with that because that's true. We went from being really close on a private level to where Lindsay launched herself and went more out about it and in the public about it. And I was still, I'm an attorney. So for me to reconcile my day job with my own upbringing and everything that I've done to putting myself out there as well, it's a process. It's an internal process. And then it becomes more of a, uh, and anyway, people could be at different places. You know, you could be in one spot. And then ultimately I think over time, if you're meant to be close to that person, you get back together. The synchronicity of everything brings you back together and it gives you that opportunity and ability to, uh, to address those, those concerns. And I think that that's something that I see with other people as well when they are distant. Um, I think a lot of people who go through divorces have a very hard time acknowledging that there's potential, the opportunity for them to actually work together on things. A lot of times people are quick to want to run away from each other. And I think that sometimes makes it hard. But, um, yeah. you know, a, a totally different example than you and I, Lindsay. But I think Lindsay right. has a good point. Uh, being able to step outside of your own perspective, see the big picture, and acknowledge where you might, you know, where you might be at fault yourself or maybe the other person miscommunicated with you or, you know, mis- there's a disconnect. Those are all very important aspects of things and understanding relationships with others in your life and their relationships yeah. with each other. So mm-hmm. what's, your, what's your third question, Jay? Oh, sure. Thanks so much for answering that. It was great. Um, my question about uh, empathic, I have a friend who's empathic. And <clears throat> I have a little struggle about this because I thought, you know, I feel that in, when you're empathic is that I think it has to do with maybe trust issues or something like that. Or, you know, when you're feeling other people's energy and it's like, well, that's their energy, not yours. And I just wondered if there's any way for a person to um, take that energy and bring it into their, into their own auras a little bit more closer to themselves instead of putting it out there. Okay. I'll, I'll go with this first lens and I'll let, you, yeah. I'll let you turn it, shine it after me. My experiences when with deal, working with empaths or, you know, sometimes you'll have, you have to disconnect yourself from the other person on occasion when, if you're, let's say you go into a room and you have someone with a lot of negative energy presence and you can sense that energy pretty strongly. Uh, a lot of times from personal experience, because I have some empathic qualities myself, being able to disconnect from that and pretend that you're protected by a bubble or whatever aspect in your mind that you can connect to yourself to keep yourself separate from that person is always a starting point. In addition, people who are empathic would make phenomenal counselors. They'd make great people who can, you know, very altruistic people that can help others because they can connect and relate to those people. And I think that anyone who has an empathetic gift should recognize their gift, understand its limitations, and be able to hopefully put yourself in the right environment where it doesn't become a taxing thing, where you can actually have your gift shine at its best, working with victims, for for example, of some tragedy or working with someone who has been in an abusive relationship. Whatever that context is, I feel like having empathy helps tremendously to bridge the gap between you and that person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that's very critical and important in reference to how people who are developing their empathic gifts, they should study it more, learn about it, and figure out ways to manage it so that they can actually help a lot of people with it. Because so many people in society, I feel, 
turn off their empathy, you know, the empathy side and uh, don't necessarily explore that for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with, with what you said, Jason, too. And I feel like with in, being empathic, it's important not to dim your light around the people that are maybe draining your energy. So still be yourself. And then you won't feel as drained. Um, and I also feel like limited association is good, too, where there's certain moments that maybe it's your family that you're drained in front of, um, and you want to spend time with them, but you also feel what they're feeling. I, I have, like, a two-hour limit <laughs> where whenever I go out, it's almost like after two hours, I'm like, okay, I, I'm ready to go home. Jason kind of knows that about me, where I have this feeling of, like, I, I like to have my alone time, too. Or I'll have to have a car where I can just balance, like, what actually feels right for you. And if you can actually become aware of what your timing is, it won't feel as draining because you'll say, oh, it is two hours or it did hit the three-hour mark. I do need to kind of recharge and, and come back. So mm-hmm. if I'm at a public place, I will be myself now and not feel drained from not being myself because it's more draining to kind of hold back. And then I would say to, if you have to take a little breather and go outside and come back in, do those types of things too. But I I would say to really be aware of your own feelings so that you know, oh, that's not connected to me. Oh, I was just feeling fine two seconds ago. What shifted? And ask ask yourself a question, what happened just before that that caused me to feel that emotion? Was it mine or was it someone else's? That's a great point, Lindsay. And the other thing I was going to say too, Jay, that you can do is uh, also through meditation and grounding yourself, having Mm -hmm. the ability to know that, for example, one of the analogies I always use is when people go out in public, sometimes you can catch a cold from others. Well, there's also an opportunity that you can catch negative energy from them and it can attach to you as well. And if you sage your house or meditate, make sure you do certain things within your own comfort level to be able to disconnect from anything where, you know, positive, when you're empathetic with positive people, you obviously pick up their positive attributes for anyone who's negative or is in a dark place or has certain negative things happening in their lives. It's always good to disconnect and not keep that as part of your own energy just from experience, especially if you're dealing with a lot of empathy quality, you know, you have, you have a strong talent for that. That's something that definitely I would suggest. Mm. Awesome. So basically what I'm trying to say is at the end of the day, disconnect from whatever you've interacted <laughs> with so that, so that you have that opportunity to recharge from the next day, you know, and, and it doesn't become something a lot larger than it needs to be in, in terms of having that negative interaction previously from the person you come in contact with. Awesome. So well, true. Jay, Thanks. we only have a few minutes. I was going to say to you, I'm sorry. We only have a few minutes, so uh, we're going to wrap up our call with you and then conclude our episode. But I really deeply appreciate you calling in for our first episode here. So, Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks both. Yeah, thanks for Thank, thank you. Good thank luck. You. I, okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. That was, that was great that Jay just called in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, Those were really good questions. I, I agree. And, and he raised some very great points. No matter where you are in your life, sometimes when you're dealing with the intuitive aspect of things and mediumship and spiritual stuff, it sometimes can be awkward to talk about it to others in your life and be able to share yeah. it with people, especially if they don't know that side of you. I know. It's really hard at the beginning. 
it's like it's a it's an emotional process and then once you get through it you're like oh thank god i'm on the other side of this i agree with you i feel like once you once you accept that this is who you are and this is what you're doing and 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 the purpose behind it i feel like the universe god everything else guides you where you need to go mm-hmm. yes true That's we so have true. about three and a half yeah, we have about three and a half minutes left, Lindsay, and I just wanted to ask you in terms of upcoming events that you have going on, can you share with us what do you have yeah. planned for the rest of 2018? Okay, that's a good question. I actually, my psychic medium business course is open right now, and my intuition course is open right now, so they can find more information at lindsaymarino.com. Um, in a couple weeks, I have my psychic medium retreat. It's for my students. So I'm really excited about that. And then I'll have some messages from Heaven events. Um, one of them is actually with Mavis Petilla, who's a medium from the UK, and I'm going to be in Massachusetts. I'll be with her and a couple of other mediums doing an event in Norwood, Massachusetts. So that will be in August. And it, definitely be on the lookout for Tampa because um, that's where we live. You and I live, and Absolutely. so I usually do events in Tampa and Massachusetts, and I'll be in Charleston, and I'll post all of those on my website. The best way to get updated with my information and free classes and paid classes and events would be to go to my website, lindsaymarino.com, and then when you're hanging out on there for about a minute, you'll see a pop-up, and you can put your name and email in there, and you can get a, a weekly newsletter with all the information and weekly positive messages. That's great. And I know you mentioned you have a podcast with Tony and can you yes. tell us a little about that? Yes. So the podcast is called the Lindsay and Tony podcast and we cover all topics about spirituality, putting yourself out there, business, masterminds, abundance, every topic that you could think of that deals with sort of like what we're talking about now, signs, I also have different people on the show where I'll interview them about their experience with different things. I had Anita Morjani on the show. She talked about her near-death experience. I've had Garnett Schulhoser, which he's an author too, and he talks about his astral travel with his guide. Um, and then I have business people that will be on the show too. So it's amazing. Okay. Phenomenal. I know we have a little over a minute left, and I just wanted to tell you how much. It's been an honor to have you on this episode and to be able oh. to uh, share our dialogue with everyone else. I I'm really so appreciate it. I'm so grateful that you and, asked me to come on. Well, it, as I said, it's, it's great to circle back to do this yeah. and have this opportunity. And I look forward to uh, having you on again as well, yeah. because I know there's I so wait. many topics, even, yeah, I was going to say, even for an hour, this is too much information to share uh-huh. and break down for our, our listeners. So, I definitely appreciate you being able to come onto the show and share this information with us today. And uh, I I, I look forward to working with you again. Thank you so much, Jason. And I'll see you soon too. Okay, absolutely. Thank you. Just wrapping up for the last few seconds for our show, Lindsay Marino, it has been a major influence in what she's doing. We're so glad to have her here and look forward to having her on again. Thank you for sharing with us and thank you very much. 
With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers. Fresh for everyone. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.